0: Money FM eighty nine point three, best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Muddy FM eighty nine point three. Money FM eighty nine point three. Good Monday morning to you. It's the breakfast huddle. Elliot Danker, Barrie Jackson, Ryan Huang with you. It's time now for Why It Matters. Now, mm. COVID nineteen hit us. We're dealing with it, we're trying our best But the uh, online e-commerce scene Has definitely benefited in some sense
1: mm, I think in a huge way yeah. Apparently, despite or rather Some might say because of COVID-19 okay. Global online e-commerce Generated 4.89 Trillion US dollars Last year, and by 2024 This number is expected to go up To 6.39 mm. Trillion, we're being very precise here yeah, Ooh. But you can round off the numbers You know it's about, you know, from 5 to Seven trillion. I lot. think that's a lot yeah? yeah. And of course seasonal shopping events Such as Thanksgiving, Singles Day Our favourite, mm. uh, we talked a lot about that this year Christmas coming up and Black Friday mm. Are significant Contributors
0: So you've got the festivities, you've got shopping extravagandas That's expected to continue And what you have is Brands investing time, effort And dollars They're trying to capitalise on these seasonal waves Of shopping in 10 mm. There is a problem.
1: Of course. Always there'll be a problem. But... It can be overcome. Uh, We're talking about ad fraud. Where the money goes, there will be fraud for sure. Mm. So how can brands and marketers actually safeguard their budgets, prevent this fraud and drive growth all at the same time? Indeed, it is possible. Several companies do it. Our next guest is from one such company. It's called Traffic Guard and he is Matt Sutton, Chief Revenue Officer there. Good morning.
0: Good morning. How are you? Not quite morning for us because although you're based in Singapore, you're back home in the UK getting ready for Christmas, so good evening to you there.
2: <laughs> That's right, Jared. Yeah. I just travelled to the UK this weekend, so it's 11.30pm on Sunday here. Brilliant.
1: I am sure that in spite of the festivities, you are very cognizant of the dark side of advertising and e-commerce. Uh, so tell us more about the extent of the problem and how exactly Traffic Guard helps brands detect, mitigate and report digital ad fraud.
2: Yes, yeah, no problem at all. So uh, as, I, as I think, you know, Traffic Guard is a software-as-a-service technology solution to both detect and prevent fraud and invalid advertising where they would otherwise pay for it in real time. So I guess you could say that we're in the middle of a hyperscale. Um, As you know, I'm based in Singapore. We have offices globally, Southeast Asia, UK, Europe, Latin America, and USA. And currently we're plugged into over 3,000 advertisers who use our technology to find where fraud is affecting them, understand that with data
0: analytics, and then prevent it. Matt, would you mind if I I could trouble you to take a step back and define ad fraud for us? I'm sure there's many ways for it to be fraud. Could you define that and some of the more common ones? Yeah, no problem at all. So fraud
2: is defined by the uh, Media Rating Council uh, definition as any advertising that you're paying for which is not contributing towards growth. So it's advertising that is, is wasting through your marketing dollars, you're buying that advertising, but it is not contributing towards growth, so that is the definition uh, of online advertising. So, like just like in any walk of life, wherever you will find, you'll find fraud wherever there is an incentive. So, whether that is a partner looking to get paid for delivering a click, or a user that isn't real, or to get attributed for a conversion or a sale that either isn't real or should not be attributed to them. So you see fraud at kind of both ends of the spectrum, both in trying to get paid for a Twitter or a user that's not real okay. or try to get attributed for something that they did not contribute for.
1: Mm, so it could be a case of also your competitors trying to play with the pay-per-click numbers and things like that or of bots being deployed to do all of that for them, right?
2: It, that's exactly right. You know, there is, a lot of the time it's bot activity. So these are fake or invalid users. Or other times it could be click farms. So these are real clicks that are happening by real humans, uh, but they have no intention to purchase. So you'll find sort of like funky down the funnel metrics where they're clicking on these things, but without any uh, any desire to convert at all. So they could be real clicks, or it could be clicks from uh, competitors, as you say. And then the two ways that they're looking to sort of game the system is either get paid for the click. So it's a click that's not real. There's no intention to ever convert. They get paid for it or to go all the way through and get attributed for a conversion that takes place.
0: Using the scenario of if I'm a competitor and I use this to to, to sort of disrupt my competitor's business, what kind of losses does my competitor look at here? How does it actually all work out that they are in trouble?
2: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned some of the market size numbers Mm -hmm. in the intro. And as you say, the, the numbers are absolutely staggering. So, you know, like Adobe believes that about 30% of all web traffic comes from bots. Here in Southeast Asia, we see 40 to 50% of all advertising comes from bots or people that have no intention to actually convert. And that has a huge impact on advertisers. The obvious one is wasted spend. So you're spending all of that budget, but you're not reaching real users and you're reaching bot traffic or traffic which has no intention to convert instead. So that's wasted spend. It also does really funky things to your marketing metrics. So you're optimizing for bids where you're winning more bot traffic or invalid traffic and you actually start optimizing towards those bids. Or similarly, where you're you're misattributing conversion performance to those channels and you start investing in those as well. And then in worse instances, there can be traffic which is coming through and is actually converting often in order to get a bonus or a promotion that's been advertised. And then they take the bonus and the promotion. And of course, they've got no intention to ever become a customer. So there's no lifetime customer value. So the impact can be huge on wasted budgets, distorted marketing metrics, and then lost revenue. Okay.
1: At this point, to what extent is risk of ad fraud actually factored into advertising contracts?
2: It's interesting because, you know, all advertising contracts will have some form of T's and C's in there. that that cover for this. But the reality is that most advertisers and even supply side partners, so people that are delivering advertising, are completely in the dark. So even though there are T's and C's and some level of protection there, if you don't know where it is and you don't know how it's affecting you, then those T's and C's are, are not gonna benefit you or be useful to you in any way because you don't even know where to look. You might have some terms and conditions which are protecting you, but without the right technology and without the right analytics, Nobody knows where this is and, and, and how it is affecting you. And most importantly, how to start preventing for it.
0: Let's uh, talk about the ad fraud potential over the festive season. If we compare it with you know other parts of the year, how many times more is it this time of the year?
2: Well, the key thing about this time of the year is that budgets go up. During this period, it's, it's very common for advertisers to be scaling and spending more. Mm-hmm. It's common for them to bring out specific products. It's common for them to have specific sections on a website, even launch a new app. Mm. So the, the critical thing about this period, the most important pe- thing about this period is that in the annual season or in the annual calendar, a big portion of marketing budget is invested into this particular part of the season. And often it's into new channels, new promotions, new products. And it involves new supply side partners. So like the rest of the year, there is fraud. But at this time of the year, you're spending more on new products and you're more exposed to fraud than you have been before.
1: Let's talk about solutions. I mean, you did mention earlier that sometimes the clients, or oftentimes clients, won't even be able to know where to look, how to detect the fraud, and then take action to prevent it or to protect themselves. So how does that process begin for a client? Tell us more about how you take them through a solution that actually works.
2: Yes, it's a great question. And then, you know, I think even before that, the first step is to want to start to tackle the problem. So the first step really is is a culture and an operational approach that says, well, we know that there's fraudulent activity in here and we want to go and, and open that box, find out where we're being affected, where is the fraudulent activity, how much is that affecting our budgets, start to understand right through the funnel where it's affecting you And then you can start to put the the right preventative measures in place using real data. So the first step is to really have that that openness and that willingness to want to expose the, the, the problem and want to find out where the problem is rather than kind of taking metrics, which are often artificially inflated by fraud and might, you know, they, might make, they might make sense to the market and the board might sort of sign them off. But beneath that, there's just a lot of wasted marketing budgets. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is to accept that there's a problem and want to go and tackle it. Um, and once you've got there, once you have that right culture of saying, yeah, let's go and expose this, let's find out we're being affected, there is a huge growth opportunity because within those numbers, there's a lot of wasted budgets. Mm-hmm. And then once you've taken that first step, the second, the second step is simple, it's technology. So instead of sort of manually reconciling between platforms that are all giving their own version of the data, every single supply side partner, every single piece of technology that you're using to buy, every single conversion tracking that you're using is giving their version of the data, uh, which often obviously favors them. You need to go and get a piece of third party independent verified technology in and so you're not kind of trying to manually reconcile these numbers and debate them across Mm -hmm. different platforms you have one source of truth so the first step is technology sorry the first step is culture the second step is technology
0: matt how hard is that i mean you're talking about a marketing department that's got to talk to cybersecurity. one speaks english the other speaks math
2: Mm
1: -hmm.
0: yeah you're totally right you know (laughs) if you think about the role of the cmo
2: over the last decade, it's become more and more complex. You know, yeah. they've had to deal with social, they've had to deal with programmatic. We, just, we started to then look at in-housing, you know, what stuff am I doing with an agency versus what stuff am I building in-house? So there's no doubt that the role of the, uh, the CMO and the marketing department has become more and more complicated. Um, but, you know, we hear a lot about the, the CMO role should be, re- should be recategorized as growth. So rather than chief marketing officer, it's chief growth officer. And I think Mm -hmm. one of the biggest and best investments a growth-focused CMO could make would be in tackling ad fraud. Because you can have a lot of resource, have a lot of different technology, parts of the technology stack, as you say, to try to kind of eke out single-digit percentages of additional growth or single-digit percentages of additional optimization benefits. But if you go and actually look at the problem of fraud and, and open that box, there's 10, 20, 30 percent immediate media gains that you can make with the right technology.
1: The thing is, you know, I know we're at a stage where we're talking about trying to safeguard businesses uh, with technology and, of course, with various other techniques to make sure that their money is not squandered. But... What about just going back to the source and looking at or re-looking at the way online ads are configured? Is that even a possibility? Mm. So that there is very little room for fraud and then you don't have to keep augmenting your marketing efforts with anti-fraud and fraud protection?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I think, as I mentioned before, online advertising is is no different to, to, you know, to the world, to life, where there is an incentive to get paid for something. You're always going to find some criminal activity. You're always going to find some elements of fraud. The challenge with kind of relying on different data sets and trying to unpack it is that it's just become way too complicated. If you look at um, you know, what's happened in programmatic, it's a huge web of subpartners and subpartners and subpartners and site IDs, one network buying off another network, buying off another network. that it's impossible to go and look through all of those layers and find out, you know, at what point was I defrauded and where was I defrauded? It's impossible to do that manually. The only solution is to have a third-party technology in place that can look across all of that for you. So yeah, an independent third-party technology platform that provides you with all of that data analytics all in one place. We needn't be that hard. You know, the technology is designed to provide that level of clarity. Um, And, you know, that's definitely the right way forward.
1: Mm, That's your way of telling me that actually uh, re-looking at the way online ads are configured in order to minimize fraud is a bit too idealistic. It's too late.
2: It's too late. late. Exactly. It's too late. Right,
1: right. I I see what you mean. Hopefully we'll get there someday. But uh, in your view and from your vantage point as uh, Chief Revenue Officer of Traffic Guard, to what extent do you think there is a possibility there will be a day where ad fraud won't be a problem anymore? And how might we get there?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. I think the way that we'll get there is, is piecemeal, it's incremental, and it's brand by brand. You know, So I don't think it's going to be a case of, oh, all of a sudden, people don't want to find a way to game the system and find a way to get paid. There's always going to be people that are trying to get paid for something that they shouldn't have got paid for, unfortunately. That's just the way that the world works. But I think that what we're going to see over the next few years is that ad fraud technology becomes a hygiene factor and it becomes a table-stake part of the uh, CMO's marketing toolkit. In the same way that social has become like an, an absolute must-do, programmatic has become an absolute must-do. They've become table stakes. You know, I believe that over the next few years, ad fraud technology will be a requirement for all brands and businesses and any CMO that's not doing it won't be seen to be investing in the growth of the business and also protecting the business from what's out there. So I think the answer is, you know, bit by bit, brand by brand, advertiser by advertiser. And as advertisers adopt it, it becomes more sophisticated and it becomes more of a hygiene factor and becomes more standard across the marketplace.
0: All right. We've been speaking with Matt Sutton, who is Chief Revenue Officer for Traffic Guard. Matt, appreciate your time this morning and uh, happy holidays in advance. No problem. Great to chat to you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg.